0: service with Laura Fox on 2FM. I'm joined in studio by the lovely Fanula Morin. How are you today? I am absolutely marvellous. I feel like I was doing the Tour de France on the way in today. I had to cycling because the marathon and there was no one there. So I felt like I was winning up going past all the kilometre signs. I go
1: like, on. I have to say, I love, love, love the get-off I am
0: looking as chaotic as ever. <laughs> We've got the tie-dye socks on, you know, whatever was there. I've got my helmet hair. We're looking glamorous. You, you've been here as well since the show began. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a dub and it's the first time I've lived somewhere where the marathon goes long. So it's like, I don't know, is this... Because even online it says like Lots of roads shut from 3am I was like how am I going to get here I'm going to have to parachute into Donnybrook And I was the exact same way as well Because
1: I don't know where anything is Yeah A lot of the time So I was the same I got in here for half seven. Okay (laughs) Because I was like Just in case And then I was sitting here twiddling my thumbs going
0: Taryn, watching going to the sunrise. <laughs>
1: yeah, what's <laughs> happening here? Um, I want to say before we get into it, a big thank you to you for covering the show last weekend. Um, My absolute pleasure, yeah, as always. So it's a fun one to do. <laughs> Great. Um, we we've got you back in for Sunday service because you are a like little pop culture vulture you like to get into the the weird and wonderful world of everything that we talk about in Sunday service and you have read the Britney Spears book so this makes perfect sense read is an interesting in choice head. of words because I'm
0: a big listener okay. to these things sorry so why? So yes, I? I love it if an audiobook is celeb particularly has done their own no no Britney only did the first little bit because she found it too triggering and having finished it oh my wow yeah. I can totally understand why she found this too triggering to do so Michelle Williams did the rest of it first but because I did it all in one sitting and at 1.25 speed because that's the kind of person that I am (laughs) I kind of like found myself forgetting that it was Michelle Williams and that it wasn't Britney saying it through because the way it's written in is so in Britney's diction throughout that I was like oh my god it is Britney
1: I feel the exact same way about it and I would be the same as you I love an audiobook um being read like Jessica Simpsons mm. um, Jeanette McCurdy like, I, I love hearing it in their voice because I feel like there's a different vibe they can Absolutely. tell you exactly how it is but you were totally right the way that this book is written is Britney Spears sat down and wrote it you can tell by the language in it and I am thankful that the didn't read it because even when she reads the intro part of it it's hard she's just racing through it to get there Michelle Williams did a fantastic job we'll talk about that in a second but first uh, your thoughts on the book and everything that was in
0: it I want to give Brittany a hug I don't know how she's still going after all she's been through it is absolutely a harrowing harrowing read A lot of the time with these autobiographies, we get a bit of goss, we get a bit of drama. And yes, we got that too. We got all of her stuff with Colin Farrell being like a brawl, that little lovely dalliance that they had together. But so much of this is just a case study of how intergenerational trauma can repeat itself again and again and again. And I found her very forgiving in the first few chapters to her father. Like she obviously has very important boundaries with him now. But the way she totally understood why he was the way that he was because of the way his father, June, had treated him. It was just a really awful, awful family history and I think you put it really brilliantly as well about how Brittany and Christina kind of got all the same breaks together but the difference that you saw was that Christina Aguilera had this really loving family to go home to and Brittany's family seemed to be squeezing her for every dime that she was worth every
1: single bit of cash I mean and look when we we, because we've discussed Brittany so many times on on this show on on every show in every news outlet and especially when the Free Brittany movement was coming in when we learnt more and more and more but the thing that we learnt in this book and it was the bit that stood out to me, is the fact that by the time she was 13, she was drinking and smoking with her mother.
0: Yeah, and now to give just context of what we'd all done by these ages and what Britney had done, so she said that she had started competing and winning competitions at the age of five. She had her first Disney audition at the age of eight. Her first kiss with Justin Timberlake shortly after that was a Truth and Dare Mickey Mouse Club sleepover. By 13 then, as you say, drinking and smoking with her mum, and she was just 16 when Hit Me Baby One More Time came out. Her first album then, so... 10 million copies and she was the first woman to debut with a number one single and a number one album at the same time all of that had happened before most of us had done our junior search yeah that's Absolutely mad.
1: The bit as well in this book, and this, I mean, none of this is really a spoiler, it's, but it's a—I—I I really enjoyed it. I couldn't understand what people's criticism was being like, it's badly written. It's, and I was like, well, it's Brittany. Yeah. You know, she is writing it like this. But the part where her mother found out that she was smoking was while she was driving her mother's car with Jamie Lynn in the back seat, not in a car seat because she was only two. She just had a belt strapped into her. Her mom used to let her drive so that she didn't have to. And she pulled her hand off the steering wheel to smoke smell it to see if there was smoke on it yeah. and they um, th- the car turned and hit the back way into a telephone pole if it hit the front way they would have been dead and, and they got out and she was like and she never mentioned the smoking again but she was she was driving for her mother at 13 years of age Yeah
0: and I just think for all the behaviour that was put up with the dad in the house as well like it was a very difficult place to have any kind of reasonable boundaries between what is a parent's role and what is a child's role and I think those waters were really really muddied for Brittany throughout and I think you kind of get the sense going through the whole book that she was only ever looking for anyone to take care of her in some capacity she talks about being a powerful woman being able to go out and take over the world but just really wanting someone anyone to mind her when she gets home going through all of that and I think with her dad particularly because obviously he went on to take over the conservatorship and all of these other things but one of the things that really stood out to me and it just made me so incredibly sad for her was saying that his love always came with impossible conditions mm. and I think most of us hopefully have kind of unconditional love from our parents for the most part unless we're really pushing the boundaries or really getting on their nerves someday but with Brittany's situation just to see how easy it was to institutionalise such a powerful woman was harrowing as well and throughout the book now I'm a big fan of Paris Hilton and her documentary in 2020 This Is Paris kind of gave a big insight into her own situation with institutionalisation but I think she saw a lot of herself in Brittany and was kind of really reaching out there to help her through All of that madness that she she was dressed up
1: as, um, yeah, she
0: said icon support and icons just last night. She put up an Insta post in Britney's toxic video, air hostess costume. I have no doubt there will be heaps and heaps was paying tribute to Britney over the Halloween weekend. So, yeah,
1: the last thing that I want to say about this is the the role that mental health, um, have played in all of this. That anything that happened to Britney then would not have happened now. Like, she had two babies back to back, she's pregnant for two years straight. She found out she was pregnant three months after having her first child. Uh, like there was so much scrutiny on her at the time everybody wanted a photo and was down on top of her but she was still being farmed out basically to make money and, and she admits through a lot of it that you know she was too overprotective of, of her children and with hindsight that's a great thing but also that she was suffering from postnatal depression and it just wasn't recognised at the time instead it was like she's mad
0: absolutely she's absolutely
1: crazy and I think like th- between the, the shaving of her head that we all know so it was parodied for so many years the uh hitting the pop with the umbrella his windscreen yeah. knowing it's not going to do any damage but like that's an absolute cry for help but we don't behind the scenes is the pops hitting her trying to get a reaction shot because they were making millions and off the back of her and this is the
0: thing I found interesting throughout it I love this era that we're in now where all of these people who didn't for years have their own way to get their stories out like we're seeing it with all these different documentaries at the moment but to see how little drama was actually going on behind the scenes in so many other ways Do you know when she was portrayed as this insane party girl and blah 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 and that just was not the case she was a 20 all. something year old exactly and had gotten her mum to mind the kids when she went off and had that infant night with Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan and it wasn't even that mad like she was giving out the whole way throughout the book as well with really really fair valid points talking about like how so many other rock stars had gone off the rails with mad addiction problems so many other things the only thing she did that night was go out and have a few drinks with some of her pals and came home her mam lambasted her the press were calling her the worst mother in the world like just horrific horrific stuff but as you say the conversation around mental health it didn't exist back then the way it does now she speaks so raw about having her children ripped away from her, because there was obviously all the battle with Kevin Federline, who didn't come off very well in this book at all. Neither did Justin Timberlake. But to have her children ripped away from her when they were so young and then also going through the postnatal depression, I don't know how she managed to do everything that she did. She's just an incredible woman.
1: As She did, for for her truth that she spoke about the the men in this as well, she very much was like, I, you know, I wasn't angry with them for situations that were happening at the time, but then gave us why she was mad. Yeah, ten out of ten. I think it's definitely if you're a Britney fan or if you're interested in any way, shape, or form. I liked it, and the like the audiobook version was very easy to listen to. This is actually Michelle Williams that they've uh, talked about so many times. I know everyone's heard this clip, but here is just a
0: clip of it. Jay got all excited and said so loud, "Oh yeah, fo shizz shiz, genuine. What's up, homie?" <laughs> so like there is many many lighter moments in the book <laughs> yeah. and she does give us all the like fun celeb and goss and everything else like that as well but I think just for us to have the veil lifted of the conservatorship and all of the mental chaos that she was put through to be controlled in such a way is the real takeaway from it yeah. but you do get those glorious little moments of celeb insight that you're always looking for in those books as well for
1: noon and morning, we're just going to go to a quick ab break and possibly play a bit of Britney Spears and <laughs> we'll be right back for next Um
0: Sunday service with Laura Fox on 2FM
1: Hello Fanula we are back with some more Sunday service stories and I mean a lot of these have been coming out at the minute and we're bet into them it's you know I suppose celebrity documentaries and this is kind of on that same theme right now
0: yes it is hibernation season so anything like this coming out that I can walk <laughs> curled up cosy with the doggies I am so about and this one's actually going to be fascinating because I haven't seen much behind the scenes stuff from the Harry Potter era of our lives but Daniel Radcliffe is executive producing a documentary about his stunt double and I had never heard about this but while he was being harry potter he had this amazing really talented young gymnast who was the same age as him going all the way up along he was called david holmes but he got a really really horrific injury during all of the filming on the penultimate film this happened so he'd done all the films the whole way up with harry and then this happened to him he broke his neck it was really really debilitating he was paralyzed after this and this whole documentary is exploring it with david now daniel and david going back through all of those years and i just think it's going to be really interesting look like obviously the movies are incredible but we do kind of forget like these things are very dangerous. Very dangerous. We saw that with the Baldwin incident in the shooting there on that scene so like it's going to be fascinating to see an insight into how stunts work in the movies especially with such young people doing these mm-hmm. ones and how it can go all wrong. But it looks like a really positive story. He's really uh, celebratory of how everyone helped him through that the NHS is stunt community worldwide as well which our very own Jennifer Zamperelli's fella is part of so yeah, it's uh, yeah.
1: Um, so this they is they, they've been working on this for the last four years. Um, Uh, It's going to be called The Boy Who Lived and it's going to be on Sky Documentaries and streaming service now from the 18th of November. I just, when this came out, like yourself, I'd never heard of this, which I think is so mad because when the movies came out, it's all anybody talked about and I, I vividly remember they used to come out in November I used to go for my birthday every single year I was a Harry Potter fanatic
0: I was the exact same oh. I got chicken pox one year my birthday's in July but we postponed my birthday because of the chicken pox so I got to go see it for my birthday in November and I was thrilled <laughs> but it, like, it was
1: that, that world that we all lived in and consumed but I didn't hear a peep about this
0: no and I suppose maybe it was culture at the time or maybe that story never left the set because it was a fella who was underage it was a really yeah. really severe case obviously now he's come through it and he's getting to tell his own story with Daniel who he was so close with all those years but I suppose at the time if a child suffered a really horrific incident like that that they are learning to live with then as well it's not something that you really probably wanted to get off the movie set yeah
1: um, I also feel for Daniel Radcliffe in this as well because I can't imagine the guilt that you would feel because i I know it's it's not your fault, but this is still your stunt double. Absolutely. And and you would have spent so much time like from the age of eleven right up to when they were seventeen together. And you're working on the Deathly Hollows part one. You're coming to the end of this life that you've spent together. And then this happens like I, I just I find that so heartbreaking as well in the midst of all of this
0: 100% but it seems like there's still a really strong friendship yeah. there so I'd say they remained quite tight through all of it now and I'm really intrigued to see that dynamic of their friendship as well as just the interesting behind the scenes bits we will get from that documentary
1: really looking forward to that so that is November 18th our next story today is Kurt Cobain and Courtney Love's daughter of Francis Bean Cobain has married I love this so much Tony Hawk's son, Riley Hawk, in a secret wedding ceremony.
0: This is one of those ones I had to do a double take when I saw the headline to make sure it wasn't like some made-up news site because this is just incredible celebrity pedigree here. I love this. I'd say the wedding was really, really cool. Like, absolutely Ridiculous couple. So they've been dating for just two years, um, but I feel like things move faster in the celeb world. And yeah, they got married in Los Angeles on October seventh. But the news only broke there this week. So yeah, really, really excited. Two years
1: though for celebrities is a long time. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the time, it's your celebrity, of weeks Laura. A go away <laughs>
0: from around me.
1: And mainly because Brian will be like, All "Right, that's it now. Come on, I've been eight and a half years waiting. Let's just get this done." Um, no, I. You know what I mean? It's like this. It's a couple of weeks. We've we've spoken about this so much on this show because when you've got unlimited amount of money and cash flow and everything the the regular milestones that couples go through of like you know moving in together you know planning a future like deciding if you're going to have children seeing what direction your careers are going MDing in the
0: dishwasher so, uh, driving each other mad with all the domestic chores. you don't do all that kind of stuff in <laughs> you your slavery you so bypass the chaos yeah
1: so you kind of, and, then, and then you get stuck into it and then that's why the divorce rates are so high and it goes absolutely mad but two years I think is you know it's a solid amount of time
0: I think anyway Tony Hawk seems like the most wholesome fella in the world anyway I used to love watching the videos with his daughter she was doing all these mad skate tricks from like such a young age and he just seems like the coolest ever so I feel like that'll be a little happy family that she's joining Brian saw Tony Hawk at the airport before
1: <gasps> when he was over in Oregon and like I, he doesn't really get starstruck about people but he was like <gasps>
0: my fellow would be the exact same yeah. Tony Hawk now he'd drop dead watching him be like oh my gosh
1: <laughs> so cool um, our final story today Fanula is all about Glastonbury because they're dropping a hint that the headliner for 2024 is going to be
0: Email. Yes, the iconic pyramid stage. We've been enjoying people back on that since 1971. Oh so there's been God. absolutely iconic acts there. Now, we've talked about her enough on the station. Her celeb- celebration tour at the moment is getting rave reviews, but like all bets basically on Madonna.
1: Um, also, if anybody would like a little update on how her gigs are going, check out Connor Bean's Instagram story because he just went to see her in Amsterdam and he gave literally a play-by-play of how the show went down. It looked phenomenal. I have
0: heard nothing but impeccable things yeah. from everyone who's been so far, so I think I need to make a beeline if I can get tickets for any of the dates <laughs> as well. But they're talking about two to up the gender balance because they've been criticised in previous years for it being like really, really male-heavy and being like, no female headliners there at all. But they're thinking Dua Lipa might be there as yes. well. So, little something for everyone there. That's iconic. Like, joining people like we've had Oasis, Jay Z, Franz Ferdinand, U2, Prodigy, loads of people on that stage, Tom Jones over the year, and even our very own Sinead O'Connor. So, like, it's yeah. been a really, really iconic stage, and it'd be very cool to see some women rocking it next year. Yeah, I love it. Um, but it wasn't the last story, Laura. No, <laughs> no, no. My. <laughs> Showbiz oh, Crystal Ball has got um something's coming through the airwaves here. I think is it Ifta nominations? Bubbling IFTA nominations. Have you heard of someone from Galway? Oh, Ireland's it. Ireland's newest TV star, Laura. Laura Fox? La- Laura, Laura, Laura? Laura? Fox. Is that, are you on the deli tonight?
1: I'm on the deli tonight and our listeners are sick of hearing about me Oh my about it. God. Ireland's newest
0: <laughs> TV star sitting across me here. That is the showbiz story of the week. Half six, RT One. Ireland's fittest family, Laura's gonna smash it. Off the new get off the airwaves. Thank you so much. <laughs> Sunday service with Laura Fox on Two FM.